0: Thank you, Joy. On my uh, parents' bookshelf, there was a book that I never actually read, but I love the title. It was called The Agony and the Ecstasy. Anyone know the book at all? Um, Or I remember it. it It's a striking title. And I was thinking about the agony and the ecstasy when we were reflecting on these two very contrasting passages that we have (coughs) to reflect on this morning. In Isaiah the passage in uh, chapter 35 is is the ecstasy it's a wonderful vision of not only how the world could be and should be but how the world will be it's a vision of all that it's god's intention for the fullness of our life in the matthew passage we have the contrast to that of john in prison and we know uh, all too well just how awful that stage of John the Baptist's life was that was to culminate in his um, dreadful death. <coughs> so we ask ourselves, how do these passages speak to each other? And the, culmin- the, uh, the, the way in which they tie together is the role of the prophet. So I want to focus on the, uh, the role of the prophet in the big scheme of things. And reflect a little bit on the uh, the calling of prophets in the Old Testament, and John the Baptist was the the last of the Old Testament, the Old Covenant prophets. And then focus on the experience for John the Baptist and the way in which he bridged that, uh, preparing the way for the New Covenant for the Jesus, the ministry of Jesus as the ultimate prophet. And I want to take a step back, and just reflect a little bit around. Uh, What is our expectation? What is that role of a prophet in the life of God's people in the church today? Uh, Charles Lacos had the challenge in our morning service when he led it to try and say, come up with a 10-word summary of uh, the service as a whole or the the message. And my uh, summary of, you can take it home now and switch off the rest of the sermon if you like, is that the role of a prophet is to be both an encourager but also a disruptor. And we need to hear and to recognise both. But to be a prophet is um, not the sort of thing you would put down on your life ambition, your vocational pathway. If a, uh, a student was to get go to a vocational guidance counsellor and put down, our, my goal in life is to be like John the Baptist it would raise a few eyebrows, um, if not a few red flags. It's not really something that um, we would aspire to. And the experience of being a prophet is to be someone who causes a a strong reaction. Those who are drawn to and find life and hope in the message of a prophet or those who find the the opposite, something that's very disturbing and uh, disruptive, So the calling of a prophet um, in the Old Testament can be summarized in the phrase that prophets were called to have a message and a presence in a community to disturb, to disrupt, and to challenge the status quo and complacency. Now these days, the language of a disruptor is actually named as a, a desired outcome. The University of Adelaide promotes itself, amongst other things. Tim Cooper will be aware of this very much because it's something that graduates aspire to, that we want to create graduates who are disruptors, people who step in and say, we can do things better, we can do things differently, and we should challenge that. So it's something that is uh, now named as people who have disrupted um, the status quo, Things like um, Uber has disrupted the taxi industry. Things in uh, social media through tweeting and all other things have all been disrupting the way things are done. And that's actually, in, in some cases, been helpful to say, look, things can be done differently. They should be done differently. But the role of the prophet was often to say, look, you are off track. If you continue where you are going, you continue that trajectory then there is danger and you need to be aware of it. The other reason why prophets were often uh, unpopular is that they challenged the establishment and in particular the role of the priests. So within the Old Testament there's two strong traditions that actually are in tension with each other. You might be familiar with the role of the priests and the sacrificial system in the tabernacle and then in the temple and that whole social hierarchy that uh, developed around the temple that was in Jerusalem in Jesus' day. Whereas the prophets weren't in Jerusalem, they weren't so much in the establishment, they were in the margins and they were challenging and in many cases criticising the conduct of the religious leaders and saying that they are too complacent. There were prophets in uh, in the palace, and the kings rather liked having prophets who gave them what they wanted to hear—that all is well, and the king is doing a wonderful job, and will be victorious, and just give him your complete loyalty. Whereas other prophets, those who tended to be outside the palace, so there were some good prophets in the palaces would say that is not the case. They're giving you a false message, a false assurance that all is well. God is actually saying, no, you need to change, change direction. So the language of repentance is the language of changing direction, of taking a U-turn, of saying our current course is leading us into peril. And the role of the prophet is to say change that direction. We actually do need people to disturb us and disrupt us in our own lives. If we are on a trajectory in life, if we're making choices, if we are setting our goals in a direction that is coming at a cost, it actually is an area where we need good friends, good mates, maybe a parent to say, not sure where you're, you're heading with this, but there's danger there. We actually do need those people who can point out that if we are To use the colloquial phrase, we've lost the plot and we've gone off track. So the role of the prophet is a role of warning. This is a photo I took a number of years ago now in Nelson. and As you come into the harbour in Nelson, in the top of the South Island in New Zealand, there's a very deep channel where you come in. But if you go outside that channel... And if you're coming into a harbour, you've got to remember one thing. Keep the red markers, the port markers to your left and the green markers to your right. There's a good reason behind that because if you go beyond it, that deep channel very quickly becomes rock. And uh, the other side of the channel there, to the left of the picture, is an island. It has the wonderful name of Hallashore Island because so many boats got shipwrecked on Hawlashore Island. They were constantly having to haul people and all the wreckage off the island. So the markers are to keep you in the right channel. And if you keep to the channel, you will reach your destination. You'll reach the goal, the, the, uh, the marina that is the haven, that is the sanctuary. So the role of the prophet was often to say, look, if you're getting out of that channel going past those markers of God's law and God's wisdom, then there is danger there. So watch out. Correct your course. And we need those people. You know, if only the captain of the Titanic had listened to the, uh, the people keeping watch to say, uh, Captain, there's an iceberg ahead. You might want to change your course. Watch out. That is a a good role, even though it's one that is quite disruptive, calls for change. So that was one of the roles of uh, of a prophet. But a prophet was also a positive role in the sense of saying, look, at the moment we're focused on our immediate preoccupations of each day and all the concerns and the worries and the anxieties from one day to the next. But the role of the prophet was to open up a much bigger vista, a much bigger horizon, and saying what lies ahead is worth persevering for because it is much greater than anything we experience here and now. My brother Stephen is notorious, or was notorious in our family on bushwalks as he would just keep on walking ahead. And whenever I ask Stephen, are we there, how far is it? He was, like, Oh, it's just over around the bend, around the corner. It's worth getting there. It's going to be wonderful. It's a beautiful vision. As I just focused on the track and the hill and the crowd, and as we kept on walking, the role of the prophet is to do to say, We're not there yet, but it is so worth persevering and continuing. So you might notice in that reading we had from Isaiah 35, it says, Strengthen your feeble knees. Don't stop now. Keep on going because what lies ahead is worth persevering and as we travel in a community we encourage each other in that journey, in that pathway. So the role of the prophet is to encourage by that bigger picture as well as warning of the danger of going off track, of getting lost, of going in the wrong direction. So let's come back now to the role, Um, It's going to skip to this role. Uh, This is a classical painting of Jeremiah. Jeremiah in uh, Jeremiah 19 is a, it's a wonderful passage where he says to God, God, just for once, can you give me a positive message? Because I'm getting a reputation that every time I speak, here's old Jeremiah, doom and gloom. Could you just give me a positive message? Because he, people were off track. People were heading in a direction that was going to bring judgment upon them. And his calling was to say, stop where you're going. Stop ignoring God and going off in your own direction, listening to other voices and come, on, come back to God. Well, John the Baptist was a, the last of these classic Old Testament prophets. And there hadn't been a prophet for about 400 years of the stature of John the Baptist. And he looked the real thing. Jesus, when he talked about him later, said when you went out into the desert to hear John the Baptist, do you expect to see a reed blowing around in the wind this way and that, a sort of a weak character? Do you expect to see someone in all his finery, a rich man? No, you'd look in a palace for those types of people. What you went out in the desert to see was a prophet who spoke boldly and in a way which was disruptive. The message of John the Baptist was repent, turn around, come back to God, listen to what God is calling you to because God is about to do something which is life changing. And if you don't turn around, you will miss out. We also need to recognize that one of the cries that we have that the prophets would give expression to is that what we experience in life is not good enough. We could do better. We should be doing better. And that's where the role of a disruptor when it comes to leaders in our community and different entities can often be the ones who disrupt because they say, we could do this better, we should be doing it better. Just because we've done it this way for many, many years in the past doesn't mean to say it's the way we should do it now. And we want to have people who have an ability to step back and to think creatively and point to other ways in which things could be done. Well, John the Baptist was the spiritual equivalent of that. Now, John the Baptist, at this stage, when um, we come to Matthew 11, is no longer on the River Jordan baptising. He's now in captivity, in prison from Herod. And we know all too well just how grim and uh, grisly the nature of his execution was to be. And the passage could sound as though John the Baptist is going through a a period of, of doubt where he's losing his faith. I think that's actually misreading the passage. It's more that John is experiencing the messiness and the reality of life that is not good. It is grim. And he's hearing about Herod, and he's hearing about the Roman army, and he's hearing about other things. And he's almost as though he's saying to himself, I hope I've got this right because I have given my whole being to this calling as a prophet. Remember that he's the cousin of Jesus and how he had been the one to baptize Jesus himself. And now that he's in prison, those realities are clouding in and life is awful. It is fearful. And he's almost calling out, as he says, send out his followers to, to contact Jesus, saying, tell me, you are the real one. You are the real thing. I have placed my hope in the right person. And Jesus sends a reply, which just describes what is happening in and around his life and ministry. It picks up words that are drawn from Isaiah 35 and from other passages from the prophets, where they talk about that future kingdom. And uh, it gives a little cameo picture of what is happening in and through Jesus' ministry, as though heaven is now being dragged down to earth. Where Jesus went, he he brought a foretaste of heaven upon earth, where people's lives were restored and healed, where those who couldn't hear, the deaf could hear, the mute could speak, those who were lame could walk. And as Jesus followed, went into villages, lives were transformed. And a little touch of what the fullness of the kingdom would look like followed Jesus around. Another writer puts it as though the the future kingdom was being drawn into Jesus' present reality. And people glimpsed that this was the kingdom being inaugurated. So the glimpse that was given to assure John, God's mission plan that had been so central to John's message, God's mission plan is unfolding as God had promised that Jesus was indeed about inaugurating this kingdom. So let's step back and ask ourselves, where does this role of prophets fit within the New Testament church, within the New Covenant, within the day and age in which we find ourselves? And I have to say that I think the role of the prophet has been underestimated. It's almost dropped off the picture. We highlight the role of teachers a lot. And a teacher isn't one and the same as a prophet, although they do do some teaching. But it isn't just about teaching. The role of a prophet is to, to, to receive from God a message to say that you need to change. The world around us changing and you need to be on the move. The spirit is on the move. Keep in step with the spirit. Sometimes the role of the prophets is to to challenge the establishment. There's a phrase that's used by those involved in pioneering ministry, which I rather like, is that we need to recognise how important loyal radicals are. People who are loyal, but they can be radical and challenging and be disruptive. To be honest, the church is not good at finding a place to hear and to respect the challenges of loyal radicals. And that is to our detriment. The role of a prophet is to speak into this particular moment. It is to to discern from God and to, uh, to bring it before the people of God a message that is designed for here and now. There is an opportunity that is here for us today that may not be here for us tomorrow. My prayer is that the Anglican Church can hear what God is saying to us as a a denomination today at this time. Because if we forego those opportunities, they may not be there in the future. There's also a moment in which there are choices to be made, that we make, that previous generations have made made their choices, not our choices. But choices that we might, might make today will create a pathway for those who will follow us. And that is my prayer for this, our church at this time, is that we will make choices and we will invest and we will encourage finding a way for the future generations to follow. In fact, that passage in Isaiah 35 talked about there is a way. It is the way of holiness. But we need to make choices to follow that path and not other pathways. So where do we find ourselves today? It is ultimately the prophets point to the mission of God, past, present and future, and locate all of our experiences, all that we experience ourselves personally and as a community. When we hear the news and we ask ourselves, how is it that people who are so evil and destructive and who are so obsessed with power and domination and cause such havoc and harm to others, how long will they get away with it? And the role of the prophet is to give that assurance. They will be called to account. They will not prevail. God's kingdom, God's purposes will prevail. And that is where we discover that those otherwise quite quaint notions that we celebrate in Advent of peace and of joy and of hope. The first one, we started with hope. Peace and our joy are desperately needed in today's world and we are called to be a people who bring that message to the wider community. That is where our hope is to be found. It is a time to call us back to our faith and to our roots and to our desire and willingness to follow where God calls us, to worship and praise and give our trust and our loyalty to God. I'm going to finish with a, uh, our interlude item. It's from a group that I rather like called We the Kingdom. Um, and it's one in which it's a different piece for them. It's actually set in a house and it's, it's encouraging us all to be still and just to step out of the busyness and the preoccupations and reflect on those great gospel truths that Jesus is the king and the kingdom that John announced has indeed been introduced and inaugurated and it is underway and it is continuing to grow in and through the name of Jesus. So just listen to this piece and I encourage you just to listen to the words in particular and catch the the spirit because there we will find the cause for joy.